Welcome to the sermon podcast of Gamble Street Baptist Church, Fort Worth, Texas. Gamble Street Baptist Church has been sharing the gospel for over 100 years. This podcast includes sermons from our traditional Sunday morning service and our contemporary services on Sunday evenings. We hope God speaks to you through this sermon. I don't know who else believes in um, divine collusion, but um, Dr. Spivey stole half my sermon this morning. So you might hear a few things again, um, but along with that, come behold the wondrous mystery and um, looking to Calvary. Uh, it's amazing how God orders his worship, as Heather would say. <laughs> Let's start by reading um, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 18 together. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Do you ever feel like you came in halfway through a movie or some sort of series and are missing some details? Um, I know we've just been through a mini-series going through the previous parts of Ephesians, but... Even then, he starts, therefore, remember at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision. Mm, That hasn't yet been addressed in Ephesians, and so let's go back to the beginning. So Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1, no, okay, I'm not actually going to start all over. Um, But God created everything, and then we move into Genesis 3, where man decides to choose good and evil for himself. Adam commits the first sin by deciding what is good and what is evil apart from God's rule and reign. And so, therefore, he has ruined man's relationship with God, the end. Or it would be, like Dorothy's Jesus Storybook Bible says, if not for what God had in store. So, but truly without God, we are doomed. Humanity is doomed. Mankind, when seeking to define right and wrong for themselves, always ends up destroying themselves. It only takes one chapter after the fall of man before mankind starts to murder one another. And then in two more chapters, the whole world is so corrupt that God has to wipe out mankind from the world except for one righteous man and his family. What wonderful news for mankind. (laughs) So mankind gets another chance at following God and what he says to be right and wrong. But a few chapters later, after uh, Noah has... Uh, propagated the earth with his families. Mankind thinks it's best to show off their own prowess and um, believed equality with God by building a massive tower to to reach the heavens. And uh, they are seeking to glorify themselves as opposed to doing the one thing that they were created for, 
honoring God by representing him and glorifying him in all that they say and do. The end of, the, the end of this endeavor leads to man being confused and scattered throughout the world. How can we as humans be restored to the position that we were designed for if all we do is find ways to mess it up? I'm glad you asked. As we learned last week from Joel, we can do nothing because God has done the work for us. God chose one man, one family from all the people who are in the world, and he chose that man because that one man believed in God. He trusted God. And God makes a covenant with this man named Abram solely based on who God had created Abram to be, a trusting, believing person. And through this covenant, God intended to bless all the nations of the world and give them the opportunity that he gave Adam, that he gave Noah, and now he's giving to Abram to trust him. Now Abram, also known as Abraham, believed God, and that was counted to him as righteousness. And you would have to trust God to follow God, uh, through the sign that God gave Abraham to show his commitment to the promise, circumcision. Now, through, Adam, through Abraham's line of circumcised descendants, we come to Moses, who is another person who trusts God at his word. God updates the covenant through Moses and gives his people, the, the circumcised people, the, the law, a definition of God's holiness. All the right and wrong God desires for his people which is opposed to the right and wrong that people who are not God's people are deciding for themselves. As God's chosen people live their daily lives, they are to follow the laws and the commands, submitting themselves to the will of God, showing the other nations that they come in contact with who God is, who the one true God is. Following down this line of the circumcised, abiding, rule-abiding people, we come to David, King David, who earnestly yearns for God. His heart is for God, to obey God's commands, to follow God's definitions of what, right, what is right and wrong. So God throws a bonus into the covenant that David's son will be an eternal king who does what David's desire is to do, to seek him with all his heart. But what happened to all these people? Well, they're humans. They mess up. And in each and every one of their lives, they fall short. They miss the mark or they sin. Even though God specifically chose these people for his plan, God's wrath is upon them and upon us all for having broken that relationship with him and choosing our own rights and wrongs as opposed to what God decides is right and wrong. And despite God cleansing the world, showing himself through one nation, and having a, put a deep desire in all of man's hearts to know who God is and to love God, man is still unable to attain their own redemption. So God, show, so God steps into this covenant with man by becoming a man himself in Jesus Christ. Jesus' heart is entirely set on God. He fulfills the law and the characteristics of God perfectly. But Jesus also brings cleansing in a restorative manner to mankind who are still enemies with God. Jesus takes on our punishment through his obedience and he suffers God's wrath on our behalf. And then through his resurrection... Jesus displays power, perfection, mercy, grace at such a tremendous magnitude that it becomes once again a simple choice. Do we choose God's way or our own way? And that brings us back to this passage in Ephesians. And this is our new mini-series, Masterpiece in the Making. So, do you often consider your own salvation? What, did, what God did in order to bring that salvation about? Who was involved and who all was involved 
in this working that God has been doing? How often do you consider this? Just think for a minute. Paul began the letter to the Christians at Ephesus by identifying their position in Christ and by exalting God and his glory. We found out that there were we found that we were the nations to be blessed that were going to be a blessing to the rest of the world according to the covenant God made with Abraham. We were adopted as fellow heirs into God's family and we were brought into the same image bearing as the Jewish people were who the people of the circumcision. Uh, who were to follow the law that God showed us who he was through. We gained a kingly inheritance through the empowering of his spirit. We just finished our uh, mini-series on identity, which goes a little bit into further depth on these topics. So if you missed any of those, you can always go back and watch them on our YouTube page. Um, But when we get to this point in the letter in Ephesians, Paul is reminding the Ephesians that as Gentiles, they have been under God's wrath for generations upon generations without the hope that the descendants of Abraham had. And if it were not for Jesus, that new identity that they gained through him, they would still be under his wrath. But now in Christ, Gentiles are brought near to God. Gentiles are brought back closer to the position that mankind was in when we were first created. Our enmity with God has been overcome by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, and we are no longer at war with God, but we are at peace, because Jesus is the peace of God. Jesus is the one that has broken the cycle of humanity choosing right and wrong for themselves, but instead exemplifies what it looks like to trust and obey God fully, as God had given the choice to Adam, to Noah, to Moses, to all of his people throughout the years. God told Abraham that all nations would be blessed through his offspring, and the offspring that has blessed all the nations was Jesus. While a vast majority of Jesus' mission on earth included preaching to the Jewish people, uh, he also commissioned his followers to go to the end of the earth. And he chose Paul, probably for his zealousness, to take the message to the Gentiles, including those at Ephesus. And after Jesus ascended, he sealed his followers with his own spirit, the Holy Spirit. We see in verse 18 that it is by the spirit that it is by God's spirit that we are able to once again be brought back into an obedient relationship with God. This is the same way that God had chosen Abraham and his descendants to be in an obedient relationship with God. Going back to what Paul began this letter with, God showed up and showed out when it came to the whole salvation thing. God's power and mercy and grace are something so extraordinary that it is worth being reminded of because it also defines who we are. And who you are helps define what you do. Again, looking back just a few verses or just the last week, we are God's workmanship, created for good works. We are to do the things that Jesus did, being the examples that draw mankind to God, just as God had planned for the descendants of Abraham. In Paul's letters to the Romans, Paul is talking about the same ideas in a little more detail, uh, as he's written in here in Ephesians. But in Rome, Paul had a little bit more of a Jewish audience as well, and he ties together a little bit more uh, how the work of Jesus has brought unity between the Jews and Gentiles through his spirit. And it all goes to show that God just had one message all along, 
And this is what Paul has preached throughout his whole ministry, and this is what Paul is emphasizing here to the church at Ephesus, that God wants to be in a relationship with us. Even while we are choosing against him, it's because he loves us and he wants what's best for us. He has been working from the very beginning to bring us back to what is very good as he created us to be. He has been crafting us into his masterpiece. So have you considered your salvation as of late? What has God been working in your life for thousands of years? What is he creating you to be? What does God have in store for your life? What works are he planning for you to do to represent him to the world? How is God working you into a masterpiece? We are God's ambassadors, as Noah read earlier. We are to be his representatives out in the world. And it is through Christ, not only through the law that he had given that shows who he is, but it is his exact representation in Jesus Christ that we can observe, that we can imitate, and that we can follow God and follow what he deems is right and wrong. So, at this time, like Noah was saying, if God has been speaking to you through any of the messages, through anything that's been going on, if you've been deciding what is right and wrong for yourself as opposed to following what God has deemed what is right and wrong, think about what God has done for you throughout all of time, throughout all of history, and what he's done through his people. And he's brought not only his people to a close relationship with him, but he's used his people to bring all nations, to bless all nations, that we might all come to him and to love him properly, to trust in him and to believe him. So at this time, if you have had a moving or stirring in your heart from God that he's called you to, to change your ways, to seek him, to trust him, to believe him, um, we'll have knowing the band come up and uh, we'll have an invitational song. And with that, um, if you want to make a decision, uh, make it clear. Um, come before uh, one of the ministers here, or we have a number or uh, that you can text or call online. Um, but again, are you doing what God calls you to do? Are you working? Are you becoming his masterpiece. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to worship together. And Lord, we know that you have been working through all time. And we praise you for your, who you are, for your works, for your might, for your glory. Lord, we pray that we would turn away from seeking our own right and wrong. But we pray that we would uh, seek to to trust you, to obey you, that you would empower us to do so through your spirit, which you have granted us. You've given us this gift and this ab ability to do so. Uh, Lord, we pray that you'd work in all our hearts and minds. It's in Jesus' name we pray, by way of the spirit. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gamble Street Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you have questions, we would love to speak with you. Please call 817-926-1785 to speak with a minister. If you live in or will be traveling to the Fort Worth area, we would love to have you visit. Gambrel Street Baptist Church has six church goals to reach the lost for Christ, to learn more about Christ, to touch the city through Christ, to train leaders to serve Christ, to embrace the world with Christ, and to build strong families in Christ. Please join us for our next episode.